Welcome back to Forward Females. I am your host, Eleanor Grace Han, and this is episode 19, Killing It or Killing Yourself with Shauna from the Fashion Veil. So how are you today? Yeah, good. I think um, I'm glad that we're coming to some kind of like seemingly light at the end of the tunnel of recent um, crazy situations that have taken place. So, So yeah, today is a good day, plus it's the weekend, so... For sure, for sure. So, as it is your first time on the pod, we're going to do your five quick facts, which are your age, location, career, career goal, and female inspo. Okay, so my age is 35, so I'm probably thinking that I'm maybe one of the oldest guests you've, if not the oldest guest you've ever had on the podcast. Yeah, but Um, we love to see it. Yeah, Um, yeah, I was actually thinking about this yesterday evening, and I was just kind of listening to your pod kind of struck by how so many of your female guests are you know some of the women that are featured they're over a decade younger than me but the, the like emotional maturity that they bring to it is is really like it's really humbling if i'm honest with you i actually listened to the daniela alvarez um pod in bed last night and i was really kind of struck by the emotional maturity that she brought to like a journey that she'd been on in like the the last 12 months so so yeah i am the oldest but there's still so much to learn, man. Still so much to learn. We love to see it. So yeah. your location, if you can't tell, is obviously Scouseland, Liverpool. Yeah, I'm actually on the Wirral, which is just like over the water. If you guys mm-hmm. would know the old Merseyside borough. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just over the water, we've got the best of you. Um, <laughs> and then in terms of career, so I still class myself as a fashion industry worker, which is, you know, we'll touch on later on the pods. Um, my goals is for I think grassroots change within the industry I believe which is again what I'm here to kind of talk about today and then my female inspo is um, which is testament to that these pods aren't overly planned and authentic is actually going to be you I want to oh. yeah my prop <laughs> um, yeah because Obviously, like people listen to your pop won't know how we know each other, but we were introduced by a I'm doing my MA and I want to do a podcast and one of the young women on the um, course had recommended listening to your your podcast. So I gave it a listen and then reached out. But I think before this was before we'd even kind of formed a bit of a bond over like voice notes and book <laughs> recommendations. That's kind of came about in the past couple of weeks. But um but prior to that, just listening, I think even your first podcast, I think when you said me and my darkness I was really um, shook again by just your emotional maturity and your ability to be able to talk um, with such like introspection and you know and vigor about really important things that have happened to you that and self discoveries that you've made that I haven't I'm yet to still make about myself or I haven't even made in the past like five years really so um, yeah I think you kind of I was doing a lot of research at the time into like shame and vulnerability cycles which you know i've obviously sent you brené brown's book but um but you talked about vulnerability and it and it how i actually brought you strength and it really resonated with me like i was always that super intense person i was always too much and how that kind of led to me a lot of shame in my, my career and stuff and to hear you talking about it it just yeah it brought me kind of hope i think that yeah, it was just a. Uh, so you are like 
Sorry if I've embarrassed you. <laughs> no, I literally was like pulling like a little like almost like teary face as I was listening. I was like, oh my god, that's made my week. That's honestly like, oh, thanks. Oh. Yeah, I recommend it to a lot of people. And um, yeah, do you know what? It's, it's nice because at twenty, I at twenty in my early twenties, I never would have been able to to make that kind of emotional reckoning. I'm barely able to make it now. So it gives me like positive vibes for the future of females out there as well. Everyone oh. on your podcast, to be honest. Yeah, everyone so. on the pod sick, and now you're joining the sick guests. But yeah, yeah like you said, uh, in your career, like fact, uh, you have worked in the fashion industry for a long time, but you are now a mature student. So I guess explain why you decided to quit working to go back to studying. Oh, I think you even just saying like quit then like makes my like stomach drop a little bit because I'm like, whoa, 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 I've not, I've not quit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like taking some, some time out. Um, I see it as like a, a step back really mm-hmm. as a, a chance to like reflect on, on how I've served the industry. I've been, I've been making fashion industry since 2009. I did my BA four years prior to that in fashion marketing. I did a textiles like, um, business studies like a levels like my whole life from like 16 was geared to work in the industry but it was about taking time out and it's important to probably highlight at this point that i didn't choose to take time out i was actually made redundant at the beginning of the pandemic so um i was forced to take time out really and and see you know how had i showed up to my career for the past decade and how had i served it and then in turn you know how had it served me and I had reached a point where prior to my redundancy, I'd say for like 18 months, probably maybe like, probably since the birth of my daughter, maybe five years ago, I was slowly um, reaching a point of professional burnout. And like, for those who, who obviously, you know, don't know what professional burnout is, but it's exactly what it says on the tin. Like, it's where you physically and mentally are exhausted and cannot show up to your job every day in the right capacity because things for whatever reason are just too difficult and you know ambition and drive are amazing attributes and if you have ambition and drive then that you know I have ambition and drive too and they are fantastic attributes like I said but it's about what is motivational the difference between what is motivational and what is damaging so if you are driven but and you're having sleepless nights then that's damaging if you're ambitious but then you're going to work and you're willing to participate in toxic environments to get wherever it is then that's not motivational that's damaging so um so yeah i reached a point and then i was made redundant took some time for reflection had an opportunity to go back into the industry but i had really just thought i need to professionally and personally address my mental health i'd reached that point and I had this kind of visualization where I had an opportunity to go back into the industry, but it was like a fork in the road. And I was like, just felt like there was this big boulder in the way of like going back into the industry. And, you know, with the same kind of thoughts and self-esteem issues and not feeling good enough, these all these things that I'd kind of crept in, taking that back into, an, into a job and then also going back into a job that, into another company and aligning myself with a set of brand values that didn't really align with me which I've done for so many different brands over the years and then there was this other fork in the road just like return to education which I'd kind of been on my mind like I debated it when I was pregnant and then 
it wasn't the right time, like financially, and also like anyone who's on the career like trajectory, you know, like there's never a good time to jump off the hamster wheel, like and be like, oh, I'm just gonna take a year out and go and you know do a degree. Like you never want to get left behind or whatever. Yeah. So I decided to go back, and then I thought I'm just gonna do like a real deep dive into why I feel this way, because you know I love the fashion industry, like how I dress is and it's a huge part of my identity it's a huge part of my identity within friendship groups and my family and it's even my how I you know my identity as a parent as well but it was also bringing me so much um discomfort in my life as well so I thought you know I'm going to explore why I feel like this am I the only one that feels like this or do other people in the industry feel like this I'm going to really research into this so so like the official title of my of my um, my masters, which is um, it's an exploration of the fashion industry's toxic workplace culture and concealed mental health crisis, um, and it basically just like looks at the pressure shifts that have kind of happened in the last ten years within the industry. You know, when I did my degree, there was no social media, Instagram didn't even exist, online retail was barely even in existence and those the pressure you know those two seasons now there's there's no seasons in fashion it's continuous but with that it means continuous pressure for content continuous pressure for new trends and designs and all the kinds of um the pressure shifts that that brings and the, the stress indicators that the constant pressure brings with it so i kind of look into that really and the overall title of my um my project is the fashion veil so like i said it's about like lifting the lid on the industry it's not for one second about calling out or blame culture. That's the exact opposite to what I want to achieve. I've been there and done that, and that's not where I want to be at. It's about saying, these are my personal experiences. These are the experiences of others. Maybe this is an issue within the industry. And, you know, what positive steps can we do to figure out why it's happening and not let it happen in the future? And, you know is the industry simply so focused on like what the next trend is that it's not looking internally and it's it's employees and how how they're really Mm -hmm. it's it's so interesting like i think we as a society joke and know how toxic the fashion industry is like you know i watched the devil wears prada for the first time like on the weekend and the whole thing is basically like a joke of you know how toxic the fashion industry is so like we know but it's like is it is that actually like a clear slash close idea of how it is and feels for you and also like the thought that came into my head when you were talking is the difference between like high fashion and then like fast fashion like high street fashion you know like um so yeah like is it a clear picture of the fashion industry like like the devil wears prada and stuff like that um i don't think any kind of hollywood uh, like depiction of any story is ever true obviously for sure and but and i actually prefer the movie i like i love and like meryl streak is my life but um but no but i think that the, the more important thing to kind of acknowledge about that is not so much like how it glamorizes it but the reasons for it and why do we automatically it happens so much in creative industries as well that we automatically go to humor to kind of be like oh it's not that important no let's make like a joke out of it and like let's make it funny or 
I think it kind of stems from the fact that, yeah, the fashion industry is really, yeah, it is a really glamorous industry to work in. And, um, you know, we spoke a lot prior to this podcast about when you start talking and you start speaking up in an industry, you have to be super careful about how you say it because in talking about things, you implicate yourself, you implicate other people, you implicate companies and they had to be super careful in that movie and a way to kind of get away from that is to create humor around it and to gloss over it so i get why it's done that way but that in itself doesn't help speaking out it doesn't help you to be able to actually be like underneath all of that glamour and underneath all of that humor um making fun of it there's actually some real life shit going on and some real stories like and it happens on social media all the time. I see it. Like, there's a couple of, like, really funny accounts that have, like, cropped up lately, like, Life of a BAA and, like, Life of a Designer and Diet Party, even to some extent, when it really first started out. Yeah, yeah. And it's about, like, calling out, like, industry truths and stuff, but it's done in a really tongue-in-cheek way. And it's dead funny. Like, I'm, you know, the first one to like and comment on that. But when you strip away that humour beneath it, what have you got? Like, because actually when you take away the lols, workplace bullying isn't funny mm-hmm. like when you take away the lols like ageism sexism racism within the workplace isn't funny so mm-hmm. i think you've kind of got to think of like yeah hollywood movies absolutely fine and you know that's that's one movie and but how are we dealing with it and the reality of it and i made i'm the first to use humor and to use jokes to cover up things i really am i did it for my entire career i still do it now but underneath all that there's some real serious stuff going on yeah and it's how we kind of address that and open the dialogue on that and bring that to the, the front of the conversation and yeah we can have the lols but let's do all the serious shit too mm-hmm. so. yeah like sis your resume is wow but we won't name drop because you know we don't want to get beef <laughs> but <laughs> why do you think the uk fashion industry is so toxic even including the issues of like fast fashion and all of that like it is just i don't know like pumping out toxicity of you know damaging the world but then also damaging its employees yeah well First of all, we definitely, definitely don't want to name drop. Um, and like I said, like the fashion veil, it's obviously only in its early stages, but it isn't about calling out at all. Like it, it isn't for all intents and purposes, purpose. it's personal to me. It's my personal experiences that have led me to this point, but it isn't personal. Like these aren't, and it isn't personal to a company either. It's about a collective, collective experiences and collective companies and what's happening there. So, um, I think, you know, if you are worried as a company about anybody calling you out, then you should be more worried about looking internally because if you've got nothing to worry about, then you've got nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. It's how I, you know, I've had to look internally at the way I showed up to work, so, you know, vice versa. But moving on from that, in terms of toxicity, um, yeah, I've thought about this a lot. I've done a lot of research into it as well, and I don't think it's just one factor. Like, I've kind of, like, narrowed it down to, like, maybe three major factors, but I think fashion is all about the image fast fashion is all about the image it's about you know how you look and what you wear and you know your lifestyle and where you holiday and and all of that so that kind of like external um pressure that it definitely translates internally into workplaces as well so that kind of exists um the whole cool stigma around like it's cool to work in fashion you're either in the in crowd or you're out like you're a victim or you're a vamp 
so you either you bring it or you're not you're not in in the crowd and and that does very much exist within fashion and it discourages people from speaking up because they don't want to be discluded so so i think that's one element i think another element is that um the fashion industry is a breeding ground for that so that that toxic environment exists but why does it exist and what's a breeding ground for it um i think for me because i look at in my thesis specifically at um manchester manchester fast fashion because i studied there and i obviously worked there for over a decade so the one thing i really want to outline about manchester is like it is an amazing hub for fashion industry and creative industries at present. So when I went to uni, you had to go to London if you wanted to get off that career ladder. Like that was the only option, really. So, but now Manchester is really transformed in that. Like you can study and you can work in Manchester and you can have a really a career with real longevity. Like there's people coming out of London to study to to work in Manchester because it's you know cheaper living cost and it's they can they can get the same salaries up here. So it's fantastic on that forefront but um the e-commerce and the fast fashion industry has grown so rapidly in the last decades and i think it's that that potentially leads to beginnings of the issue so um removing say the super corporate corporate businesses like we know the big boys that have got so big now that they they kind of have to their employees are protected by some kind of corporate protection now and then you've got the the super super small brands but then in this middle ground exists this and i'm talking literally hundreds of brands and retailers and wholesalers that exist in literally manchester alone that are neither corporate enough so you're not protected by any of that or but they're not small family-owned business so they're just this middle ground Mm -hmm. and with that it brings kind of no real governance into how these businesses operate so I, when I say no governance, I mean like no HR departments, um, no union offering. So like you're just a group of disparate individuals existing with no union. Um, quite often you work quite closely with the company directors. And, you know, when you are experiencing a toxic workplace culture or environment pressure is too much and your, your next in line is your director who happens to own the company, how do you speak out about that mm-hmm. if you are pregnant and there's no workplace handgap book, there's no workplace handbook and there's no HR, how do you find out the, the pregnant, the maternity policy if you are experiencing toxic workplace bullying and there's no union and there's no HR, where do you go from there? And it's kind of that middle ground whereby I think it is a real breeding ground for, for kind of ungoverned behaviours. And, and in my research, like, Yes, I've had personal experience that, but it's not good enough just to say I've experienced that. So I did a lot of research into like high labor turnover. You know, why do so many businesses go through so many staff within this kind of middle market? Um, yeah, it just is, it's very ungoverned and it kind of allows these businesses to, to do what the hell they want and have no real fallback on that and if you're employed for under two years you can basically be gotten rid of and no questions are really asked and that's real fear in the fashion industry i would beg to ask anybody who works in the fashion industry that doesn't have real fear for loss of job because that pressure of you can be replaced or it's so competitive that someone's there 
it, it feeds into the culture and then that then team feeds into like self-esteem issues and it's just a vicious cycle really it is um it almost sounds like it's like you're not freelance but you basically are because you know you do one foot wrong and you're out like do you know what i mean like um, it's very much like that it is yeah and it, and it also and then, feels like for me listening is basically these middle grounds have only happened and because of the internet and because of social media like these people are only able to really exist because they're on online whereas like they wouldn't probably be able to exist if it was a physical store you know so um i don't know i think it's yeah, really that- interesting it is, I think, as well, that there's a real kind of, with the rise of social media as well, and especially during the last 12 months with, obviously, the the COVID-19 crisis, there's a lot of um, companies out there that operate under this, like, well-being trend mm-hmm. of, like, we, um, you know, it's not enough no more to have, like, a yoga range in your collection, but you've also got to be showing your consumer that you really care for their mental health like Mm -hmm. posting the samaritan's number on your social media or (laughs) you know look we really care about the mental health of our workers because we put them in a yoga class but as a business i think you have to ask yourself like if you're posting samaritans on your social media and that's the image that you want to deploy to your consumer have you looked inwardly have you actually asked your staff how is their mental health Mm-hmm. you know putting a yoga class on for 30 minutes on a wednesday afternoon so you can splash it all over your live feed or all over your snapchat but have you are you actually you know are your are your staff okay mm-hmm. because that's the reality of it like if your um, if your lead campaign for that season is inclusivity and um empowering body image have you actually looked at how inclusive your and diverse yes, your workforce yes, is yes 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 quite often the story that's being told and the narrative that's being put out there is very very far removed from the reality i think that was where i really reached my my heightened like cognitive dissidence was like what i was selling because i worked in like creative fashion so i was like producing creative content so what i was selling was so far removed from how i was feeling Mm -hmm. and i think there's a big discussion at the moment for like models actors dancers of like okay you're doing like something about you know diversity okay there's diversity on screen but how about backstage is there diversity backstage is there this that and what like what's the point of putting on this like presentation of you know there is diversity but there isn't in the office like what's the point you know like um 100% because it's just another market employee and do you know what the thing is it's very very transparent like if you've got a sustainable uh, clothing range but 99% of your production is unproduced unethically you know consumers are savvy they're getting onto this mm-hmm. and um the time is is the end is nigh so i just think that it it needs to it needs to just a little bit more look at inwardly we're, we're all encouraged to look at ourselves and you know take responsibility for our own actions but companies also need to take responsibility for their own actions too and i find that that in that middle kind of existence in the fast fashion industry it i personally haven't seen it happening an awful lot mm-hmm. i think it's just interesting to have these conversations like i think i personally have 
no one that's technically on the technical side of fashion it's always like they're the creative side do you get what I mean mm-hmm. so yeah. and there might be people listening who are literally like I have no idea there's these issues I just buy from these brands and like I personally am trying I'm, I'm not buying from like fast fashion brands anymore because of the environment but like also like this makes me even more be like fuck them like I'm not buying from these companies like you know um so I would say to anyone um if there's something on the social media that kind of sticks out to you like oh yeah they posted something but they really care for their consumer maybe just go a little look on their glass door reviews of the business okay. you know glass door is a platform yeah where employees can post um like anonymous reviews and maybe just go and have a little look and see how genuinely happy their workforce is because that's often a bit more of a truer picture of where of the real story behind the brand crazy i didn't even know that was a thing but sis i'm gonna do it <laughs> but... yeah, and our glass door reviews they've been they've like provided a lot in my research to be honest we love to see it so yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to be looking into that more but like you've already mentioned your daughter so you are a lovely yummy mummy so i can only imagine <laughs> <laughs> i can only imagine the choice to leave um and like to leave like you know that well i didn't realize that you were made um redundant but like that choice of like you know going back to work and stuff um that financial freedom and to study clearly shows how toxic the environment must have been you know so how was that journey of like start like how was that journey of studying and being a mum been yeah i think so my little girl is five she should be six this october so i was 30 when i had her um so not young but i definitely remember feeling like oh my god my career is over um um yeah at the time i remember all those those feelings it's been it, it was a choice it was a difficult financial choice if i'm honest with you because i did have the option to go back into fashion but i i'm no use to my daughter as a mom if my head isn't in the game and I knew that it wasn't in the game and if it wasn't gonna if I was gonna go back and feeling all those feelings that I had and then having to realign myself to a whole new brand set of strategies that didn't reflect my internal kind of ethical journey that I wasn't gonna be in the right place so so it was a difficult journey it hasn't been the easiest financially at all but you know this hasn't been the easiest financial year for so many people so so that isn't the biggest issue at all um it's been really wonderful to be able to spend time with her, to be honest. And I went back to work when she was so young that I missed out on a lot of like the early, early stuff. So um, yeah, it's been really great to kind of go back and just, she's like five now. So she's starting to ask a lot of questions and she's starting to want to like pick her own clothes and things like that. So if anything, it feels like a bit more of an even important age to be super, super engaged with my daughter. Um, um, one thing for me was that I'm bringing a little woman up in the world, right? Um, we live in a society now whereby we tell females that they can be whatever they want and that they can achieve whatever they want and that, like, the sky's the limit. But then quite often it's just lip service because the physical tools aren't there. Like, And I know that because I didn't get my pay when I was on um, maternity leave with her. I wasn't entitled to flexible working. I've faced so many things that have hindered me as a parent in the industry. Being a parent, I felt hindered within the industry. So, so that isn't the case that you can be whatever you want because the tools aren't there within the industry. They certainly aren't in the fashion industry anyway. 
So I want, with the Fashion Veil, hopefully to bring about systemic change and, you know, so that I can say to my daughter that you can work in an industry whereby you can have it all. It's not just enough to say you can have it all, but you physically can have it all. And that I didn't want to come home every day and be like, mummy loves a job with a big smile on my face, but actually I was having a mental breakdown on the inside. Because what am I teaching her then, really? Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's been great being a full-time mum, but it's the journey internally is is good for her in the future. Hopefully I've kind of articulated that the way I meant no, to. <laughs> perfect. Like literally it all makes sense, like... I think, I mean, it would have been so hard to be full-time working again in this year and like how on and off school's been for children. So um, I think it's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I'm a bit like taken away from the answer. Like I'm I'm just like in awe of you, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> we're both like fangirling. Like I said, learning, man, like literally learning so much every day and that, and that's what I, all I want for her is to that that hopefully I can learn some lessons so that she's a little bit more equipped to deal with things that I definitely wasn't equipped to deal with. I feel like we both just like I feel like I've got like a big sister now. Like I literally like <laughs> voice note you my life problems. Like we've been I've literally been like, Yeah, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this for like the past few months and I've just been like, Sorry, something's come up like kind of thing and like you've just been so cool about it and so understanding and like now you literally I just like tell each other our problems and I, I love to see it um so I'm really grateful but yeah my final question for you is what's next so I finished my MA um I must actually mention my MA just I'm doing fashion innovation and realization at the John Moores uh, it's a really fantastic course because it allows you to explore fashion within any capacity really so everyone comes to the course from a different kind of background obviously I've worked in industry there's people straight from BA there's Holly obviously who introduced us who's coming from um, I think she's come from a theatrical background so, yeah. so everyone brings a different element but I'm doing my uh, I complete my MA at the end of September so this semester I do my dissertation which means that hopefully the majority of my research into this subject matter will be um completed and then next semester is my major project which was i wanted to do a fashion veil podcast which was why we originally obviously got talking and um, i think for me i would really like to explore like i've got my own life experiences and then i've done all this research into you know literature out there as into yeah other people have experienced this too and then a bit into the history about potentially why this is happening and why the fashion industry is a toxic um, breeding ground but I would really love to get some kind of like psychological like theoretical underpinning you know understanding like um like behaviors of people and you know w what it is that makes creative to go into an industry but also experience like a bit more about like the tortured artist kind of side of things as well I'd, I'd maybe like to explore that a bit more in terms of like the fashion veil I would ideally like it to become a platform for service really so that in the future people much like myself or my peers who were experiencing um similar situations to mine had a place where they could come for advice or support um whether that be you know an instagram or an app or again a podcast i'd like to open the fashion mail is all about like opening the dialogue on these difficult conversations and being like we know what's happening yeah, working on fashion's cool, but we kind of keep on doing this. 
and talking about it and then hopefully like yeah getting some like systemic change and I'd love to not personally but have like a, a platform that you know inc- went out and spoke with employers to get them to kind of work with their industry like internal workplace cultures as well that would kind of be um where I'd be at really we love so, to see it that sounds like a plan and you know you're putting it into the universe just by having this conversation so yeah you are leading today's affirmations, so let's do it. Okay, the first affirmation is, my story matters because I matter, I am absolutely enough. My story matters because I matter, I am absolutely enough. Living truly authentically is hard, but we can do hard things. Living truly authentically is hard, but we can do hard things. And then the third one um, is taken from the book Untamed, which I know that you have already began to read by Glennon Doyle. Um, mm-hmm. I'd just like to recommend that to all of your listeners. Honestly, um, it's yeah. going to be a book of the month because it's just insane. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah, you know, so it might sound a bit weird, this affirmation, but trust me, guys, if you read the book or you listen to the audiobook, you'll know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> I'll read the context out. But basically she says... It turns out angry, heartbroken women are not crazy. We're goddamn cheaters. So the affirmation is, we are goddamn cheaters. We are goddamn cheaters. We love to see it. I love it, I love it, I love it. This whole conversation I feel really inspired by. Um, so thank you. But yeah, we've just got the mindfulness task. So this whole pod, like whole pod has been based about making sure you know... The difference between killing it and like yes I'm, I'm i'm living i'm doing the goddamn shit to being killed off and exhausted and you know being taken for an idiot basically so today's task is to think of an example of both of those and to make sure you know the difference between you know between them all emotionally physically and mentally really so yeah do you want to go first um yeah so i think that like I said in the part, um, ambition and drive are amazing attributes and I think working super hard and bringing, you know, showing up to work and showing up mentally and physically as a person. And by showing up, I don't mean just rocking up. I mean, as in being present there in all your capacity and giving it your all. I think that is literally killing it. Like, and you, you can go so far and this fashion industry is wonderful. I've, I've had so many great experiences from it. I think knowing the difference between that and not being able to focus so much because you are crushed by the sheer level of work and the negative environment around you. And, you know, we know the things, sleepless nights, migraines, you know, I'd went as far as like alopecia. That isn't killing that isn't killing it. You aren't doing a good job if you're falling apart. For sure. And, you know that (laughs) yeah for sure I mean I think a time for me when I knew I was basically being killed off was when I was creating my show 16 but I was doing it alongside alongside studying full-time and I literally was just going into uni like exhausted because I hadn't had a day off from like September to December like including weekends like I was literally in um, working every day so even though it was amazing and the results were amazing it wasn't sustainable and I couldn't do it for any longer than what I had planned it out to be um mm-hmm. so I definitely wouldn't put myself in that situation again where I had to 
yeah be like literally afterwards i got tonsillitis because i just went into lockdown mode because i was just, ooh, your body I... physically manifests it it yeah. does you know and that's normally at the latter stages when you start getting physically ill that's normally when you know burnout's been reached up yeah for sure previous for sure for sure and then i think a time when i knew i was like killing it like yes slay another one is probably when i was at lipper in my final year of studying and i got like my lead part and whatever and i felt good like it was like obviously i was very anxious because i was like oh this is a lot of responsibility but i was making sure i was looking after myself by if i did if i did have the energy i'd go to yoga and stuff like that so i think that was the difference of like i would do it if i knew i had the energy and the capacity you know rather than doing it because i had to do it um yeah i think that's the things for me but like everything from this pod i'm so inspired and i feel like this is such a amazing topic and space to open up and i'm so excited for your podcast um and i'm just grateful for the connection that we've now gained um same all the way i'm like it's nice to have somebody that to kind of just like i see a a book or reading something and we kind of i think we're we're kind of researching similar topics aren't we about things at present Mm -hmm. so it's nice to um to be able to share those moments as well it is yeah it's amazing building a safe community (laughs) yeah and i hope everyone listening like take something away from this like even if they're not in the fashion industry like me you think about like oh where am i buying my clothes from you know so um yeah thank you so much thank you no thank you so much for giving me the opportunity i hope i roll on too much (laughs) (laughs) we love to see it